This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. I didn't see you there. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I'm Shane Told, your host on a podcast where I talk to other lead singers. Today we have a great show. Chris from Motionless in White is here. Chris Motionless himself, big hockey fan, big sports guy. Did you know that? I bet you didn't even know that. He says he doesn't talk about that. So it's a great episode. So happy to have him. We conducted this uh, conversation in the back of his bus on Warp Tour in San Diego. Great times and, and really a good dude. And, and I really learned a lot about him. And I didn't know, you know, he was such a, a big fan of, you know, early 2000s music, including my band. So it was a, a flattering conversation and uh, really, really, really enjoyed it. Before we jump in, as always, I want to say you can get in touch. It's real easy. Email leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. We got an Instagram page at Lead Singer Syndrome. We got Twitter at Lead Singer Sin, S-Y-N. Also, Snapchat. It's Real Shane Told. We don't have a Lead Singer Syndrome one, so just using my personal one. But feel free to send me snaps of you listening to the show. We've been doing that the last couple of weeks. I've really been enjoying it, and I'm actually half decent at replying to those. So keep that up. Keep it up on the Snapchat. I usually add everybody back to so I can look at your stories and creep on you. So yeah, check all that out. Again, it's Real Shane Told. Right now, I am in Australia. I am in a hotel room in Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne, man, this city rips. Like, I love this city so much. It, it actually reminds me a lot of Chicago, which, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just got, the way it's built is kind of like that, and right now, it's actually kind of cold outside, which you don't think of Australia as being cold, but it's their wintertime, and I'm just having a blast here with some good friends, Pierce the Veil, uh, Beartooth, that's the tour over here we're doing right now. It's awesome. Um, I guess by the time this is out, we'll already be gone from Australia and we'll be on the way to Hawaii. I know, poor us. But uh, if you're a listener in Hawaii, make sure you come out to our show with Silverstein and Beartooth. Silvertooth what? And we'll see you there in Hawaii. And of course, you guys always ask, how can I support the show, Shane? Well, it's really, really, really easy. The first thing you can do is tell your friends, please. If you have any friends that are into music, doesn't matter what kind of music, please let them know about this podcast. Go to their phone, take their phone out of their hand, and go into the app, the podcast app that's on every iPhone or whatever. Subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. Get them into it. That's really what it's all about, to grow this thing. Uh, the sky's the limit. I, I'm really feeling good about it. We're, we just had episode 40, uh, and it's just been so much fun for me, and I really, really enjoy bringing these podcasts to you. I'll keep the intro short and sweet this week, so let's just jump into it with my new buddy, Chris of Motionless and White. Rolling from hell. Take, my past 
I'm here with Chris. Chris Motionless. Warp Tour. In white. Warp Tour. San Diego, California. Not too hot today. I was going to say, today's the first day that we can't really focus on the weather being a thing because it's the nicest day in a while. It's getting a bit hot out there, I will say. But And, and here we are focusing on the weather. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know anyone. It seems to be like the... It's obviously the easiest thing for anyone to go up to another person and talk about, but I feel like it's everybody I've come in contact with so far on Warped Tour. The first thing we always talk about is the weather. It's kind of yeah, but like, you yeah. know what? It's it affects everybody on this shit. Like yeah. it, it'd be one thing. It's one thing like you talk about the weather with someone like at work when you're like we're sitting inside together for nine hours. Yes, weather's yeah. not really a factor. Yeah, and we're gonna leave and it's gonna be like dark outside. Like okay, that's just talking about the weather for the sake of making conversation. Yeah, yeah. but out here. Literally, the weather is like everything. If it rains, the day's fucked. Yep. I, you know. I guess. Yeah. You. How uh, has it been? Has it been a lot of rain this year? No, it's <laughs> pisses me off because uh, last week, the, the whole last week before we had our most recent off day, every single day it looked like it was on the verge of like just downpour and it never rained and then we finally had a day off, poured the whole day. Oh, I was like, man. fuck you, man. But uh. It, yeah. Fortunately, at least it cools it off when the shade comes in and like the storm is looking like it's going to happen. Uh, it hasn't rained much though. It did in the Dude. first couple of days, and that's it. Dude, I'll never forget, man. Like, people can say what they want about Kevin Lyman, but <laughs> I'll tell you, I've I've always respected the guy immensely. But one time, it was 2013. We were on the Monster Stage, and the Monster Stage it's different now, but they, they used to have this kind of like strange sort of inflatable roof. Yeah, yeah, the balloon thing. Yeah. yeah. So it rained so much. I think we were in Florida. That's a good guess. It rained so much that the stage basically just collapsed. And there was so much water that, like, there was a drain, like a sewage drain, kind of right where the kids stood. Ugh. And it, it got overflowed. So basically it was just full-on shit coming up from there, right? Guess who's out there shoveling, literally shoveling shit out of the way to Kevin keep Lyman. the show going? Kevin fucking Lyman. Yeah, man. He's... That's, like... He's, he, he, yeah, he he definitely is no uh, rock star in the sense that he will. He's not like too good to to come out here and do anything that anyone else would. As long he's always about being at the forefront of helping anyone, yeah. clearing up a situation. Like he's he's not like too cool yeah. for any of that shit. Nope. He he takes takes control and yeah. takes the reins, and it's awesome. Twenty two years, I think they've. I think it's twenty two years now they've been doing this thing. And like I'll tell you, I walked in today. The first person I saw was Kevin Lyman on a bicycle on his radio, like, putting out a fire, you know? Like, to be the founder of Warp Tour and everything, and still, like, 22 years later, having that drive, mm -hmm. it's pretty special. I don't think I would, I think I'd probably, if I was him, I'd probably be home just, like, doing it from my computer in my office. I, I don't think I'd have the passion he does, yeah. you know? I, I often wonder, like, what what would happen if he didn't do Warp Tour one year? Like, I think... With how much he's done, he'd go fucking insane. Like he would just lose his mind if he didn't have that to do in the summer. Maybe you would think, oh, like he'd he'd love the time off. But then, like I don't know, workaholics and people who have that much of a influence on something like this, I wonder if he'd go crazy. Well, I mean, it's got to be a twelve month a year job, right? Like yeah. so, he probably the second they you know pack up the cases in the tents, you know, at the end of the uh, tour, probably literally like the next day he's thinking about the next year and what bands he's going to get and all that shit yeah. so maybe by the time you have that build up of all the work you do putting in putting it in then maybe finally like when it's time he's excited and yeah. he just wants to get back out there right so it makes sense what, either way thank you Kevin Lyman for uh, 22 you, years Kevin. of this yeah so I gotta ask you first off um, well there's kind of um, one amazing thing about your band um, is that you guys are able to play Warp Tour. You're also able to play like Mayhem Festival. You're able to tour with like A Day to Remember, and you're able to tour with like Slipknot and Lamb of God. That is so rare. I was talking to somebody and I was like, "What bands can do that?" And literally, I think your band is the only one we could come up with. Huh? Have you thought about that? I I mean. It's not something I sit around and be like, well, you know, I can... Like, it's definitely, at this point, a thing where it just happened, and I'm... I try to think back, I'm like, well, what, what bands have been able to do this? And I think when I could look back 
I, you know, I know bands like, you know, bands that we love, like Bleeding Through, have torn Warp Tour, have toured yeah. Warp Tour, but then they've toured with bands like Him or Cradle it's a of Filth. Pretty good example. So, yeah. You know, and, and they're a pretty massive, influential band for us. Or bands like Eighteen Visions, they did yeah. tours like that. But as of right now, I guess there's not really a whole lot. Uh, Avenge is probably the last band I could think of that's done the both worlds of, of stuff. Yeah. But uh, you know, to see that. In the, in the sense that we idolize the, those bands are major influences for us so to see that we're doing something that we enjoyed that they did is, is rewarding in that sense but uh, I just it's interesting because I, I always wonder on, on the other side of that like let's say our let's say one of our songs comes up on Pandora Radio when someone's listening to like the Falling in Reverse channel I wonder what song comes up and is it one of the ones that's more fitting for like the Slipknot Lamb of God crowd so I always wonder like What's it like when that happens? What is what do the falling reverse kids think when it's a different type of song? And then I'm like, well, is that is that cool that we have that wide of a variety of music, or should we chill out and kind of hone it down to one? So it's it, it concepts like that, like what you brought up, make yeah. me think about what we do musically as a band, and I'm very happy for that, and I'm also kind of like I stress out a little bit over it. So it's it's a it's a it's a bit of both, but I'm, I'm just happy that we're able to do what we want to do and do these cool tours. I think it's amazing. I mean, the fact that you guys are able to do that and like, you know, even like you have the AP love, you know, like even that magazine, which typically doesn't, I guess they kind of do support some of some of the like the Marilyn Manson and they do do cover that stuff. But even that like you have. So it's really, really cool how you guys are able to sort of navigate in both worlds, which, which is rare. And do you prefer a certain dynamic over the other? I mean, not so much in the show. Like when we play shows, I love any of the ma- any amount of them. Like it's it was a lot harder to do the Slipknot Lamb of God crowd crowd last summer. I mean, we were opening the tour, so no yeah. one, no one gives a shit about the opener. You're they're just there to see. In that world, it's harder. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. But yeah. I I enjoy that challenge, and I feel like when the people in that world get really excited about a band, they stick around a little bit more than let's say, you know, I've seen firsthand that a lot of like the warp, not a lot, but a considerable amount of the warp tour crowd kind of just comes and goes with what they like at the moment and they move on to the next thing and the next thing. And we, we are fortunate in that sense to have a lot of diehard fans that have stuck with us for years and years and years. So it's tough to pick. I just, this this crowd is I think the ones that are a little bit more passionate about the band they're the more like diehard core fans of the band uh, but I really do enjoy the challenge of trying to get that like Slipknot crowd uh, on board with us or the Mayhem crowd on board because you know that's that's a whole other world that I feel like we Absolutely. want to you know we want to to impress people in and so yeah. Absolutely well it can be hard I mean like when you don't when you when you're able to to chameleon your way into both worlds um, you sometimes just don't fit, like feel like you fit in at all, yeah. right? Because you you can't you're not quite a punk band, you're not quite a metal band, you're not quite like goth enough, but you know, but you're too goth. Like it's yep. it's a hard thing to navigate. So it's just something that 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 right away strikes me about your band as as being is being interesting and being you know good. But I mean, it's even fuck my band like. We don't know where we stand. Like we're not, we're we're way too soft to tour with metal bands. Way too heavy to tour with pop punk bands. I, so I've, for us, it's the same problem. Yeah, I've seen. I mean, I've seen you guys do some pretty varied tours as well over the years. That's and that, true. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great. Yeah, but I mean, we're not, let's face it, we're not going performing on like a Slipknot tour. <laughs> You're not That's, going on tour with Rob Zombie anytime soon. No. Huh? <laughs> oh man, I would love to see Rob Zombie every yeah. night. Man, that's. That's the best. So, um, yeah, let's let's go back. Let's start at the beginning. First time on the show. Um, it's funny. I got in touch with you through our mutual friend Matt Steele. Correct. Who, shout out to Matt Steele. Big shout out to Matt Steele. I know <laughs> he's listening. Um, do you went to high school with Matt? Is that uh, right? No, Matt and I met like kind of. He's from New Jersey. I'm from Pennsylvania. So okay. just through shows over the years, and he uh, mutual friends with other people. It's kind of just one of those situations. Okay, cool. For some reason, I thought you guys went to high school together. We I did don't not. know where I got this misinformation, and then. When I was like looking it up, I was like, "Wait, he's from Scranton? Like, I thought he was from New York." Because you're a Rangers fan, right? Uh, Matt's a Rangers fan. You're not a Rangers fan. No, no, no. I'm a Lightning fan. I know you're a hockey fan. Yes, Lightning fan. I yeah. knew that. He told yeah, me that. Matt, Matt is a um, die-hard Rangers fan. No, I know he is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'll be honest. Well, I'll tell you, I'm a die-hard Leafs fan because I've been a Leafs fan my whole life. But we're talking hockey, by the way, people. So get with the program. <laughs> Go on ESPN.com so you know the names of the teams. <laughs> 
no, I, I'm a Die Hard Leafs fan I'm from Toronto. Grew up in Canada, obviously. So, but man, they're such a bad team, and they've been so bad for so long. I know that, that there was much talk of uh, Steven Samkos possibly leaving Tampa to go to Toronto. But well, he's from. I mean, he's yeah. from Toronto, so yep. we would have taken him, sure. But I'll tell you, man. Now, and I want to know your opinion. I'm pretty ready for the Las Vegas Blanks. To, Blanks. Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I don't know what to call them. Yeah, I call right. them the Las Vegas Blanks. The Las Vegas Blanks to come in the league and shake things up. And I think I'm going to be the biggest Las Vegas t- fan. Really? Well, my sister lives there. Okay. So I spend a lot of time there. Like, I spend every Christmas there and st- shit like that. So um, I'm excited. I think it's good for sports. I just, I'm, I think it's great for the city of Las Vegas. I so. Agree. What's your thoughts on it? Well, I, I mean, I think it's a side note to that. I I believe I read something about you know uh, Quebec City applying for another team. Yeah. Again, which I don't know if they'd go with the Nordiques again or if they just come up with a new team. But yeah, it probably I, depends on like the licensing or some I, shit like that. I was very uh, surprised to hear that that a Canadian city was denied a team, but yet Las Vegas was approved. That that was very bizarre to me, and I feel like Canadian fans are very, very upset about that. So, Yeah, uh, I, I mean, they're, they're diehards in Quebec, but you know, it's funny, a lot of people don't know don't know this um, about, you know, there used to be all those Canadian teams, like there used to be the Jets, and there's the Jets again, right? Yep, yep. Um, and the Nordiques, and the reason that those teams folded, and the same in the NBA, like the Vancouver Grizzlies folded too, um, and the Montreal Expos, for that matter. The reason was because the Canadian dollar, the currency, fell Ugh. so low that every time these Canadian teams made a dollar, it was only like 65, 70 cents U.S., and they had to pay all their players in U.S. dollars yeah, and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they lost so much money just based on that. Yeah. That's the reason that the teams folded. So, like, six months to a year ago... The Nordiques were in great shape because the dollars were on par. Now they fell again, so it's the same problem. And this is something like people don't don't talk about. I guess maybe Americans don't really they don't really look at the conversion like yeah, we do. We're pretty dumb, so we don't. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not yeah. dumb. Well, well, I mean, there's there's I don't know what the polls are on Trump, but there are some <laughs> dumb people in the U.S. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, but that's a big thing. So I think that actually is a factor of why the Nordiques um, or Quebec City. Uh, might not get a team. Yeah. Well, either way, the original question about uh, Vegas, you know, I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. I don't know how the entry draft is going to affect any of our teams, but uh, I, it's I'm weird. Exci- it's weird. Yeah, I'm excited that there's just another. There's something new. Everybody, everybody likes to focus on like a new change, and even if people hate it, at least it's something cool that's happening. Yeah. That's new. Um, I think it'll be great for Las Vegas. It's interesting uh, to see. That is, is that their first major sports team? Exa- yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. That hockey is like the first of a, of mm-hmm. a city, uh, an American city. To, Especially uh, a city that pretty much can never make ice ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I guess it snows sometimes. Anyone that li- like lives in Las Vegas knows that it does snow sometimes. But yeah. it's I bet the temperature there right now is like 125 or something. God. Well, Arizona does it. And they, we, were there, we were there a couple of days ago. I don't know how they how they do that shit but so how did you become such a well a big hockey fan in general I know you're a big hockey fan that's why we're talking about it yeah. um, how did you become such a big hockey fan and how did you become a Tampa Bay Lightning fan being from Pennsylvania well I uh, I was I don't really know if a lot of people know this about me because I'm I don't really sh- reveal like too much of my earlier life but uh, before music it was sports like all I cared about in my life was sports and I was very athletic uh, I was like asked numerous times to be in the high school football team I was just like nah you're a big guy I, I can see that yeah I'm a tall, tall dude uh, so I play I never actually played ice hockey I played street hockey I played yep. soccer I played so many different sports for teams and just local stuff that we had going on in our neighborhood so I've always been a, a big fan of all sports uh, the only person in my I wasn't raised on hockey the only person in my family that liked it was my uncle who was a Stars fan and, yep. a, Red, and a Red Wings fan so I, like, I grew up with it in my blood then I just kind of just got over those sports altogether and went into like 
the X Games type of sports. As yeah. like as I right before music was like I could care less about baseball, hockey, bat, whatever. It was all just like skateboarding, riding my or BMX, all that shit. And then music came. And so I've it's been like phases on my over my life where these things have come and gone. And once music became like a career, and I wasn't moving on from it like I was with sports, and then BMX, and and then to music, uh, I kind of just went back to to sports yeah. and. It's funny. I, hockey was the one that got me back. That like got me initially to be interested in sports again. But now I'm slowly seeing that when there's like a baseball game on, I played baseball since I was like I think seven through fourteen. So now when there's a baseball game on, I'm like I, I see that I kept keep watching it. Uh, I yeah. watched the, the NBA finals this year. So yeah. I think I just I just really love sports. Uh, as far as being a Tampa fan, I was not really raised on a team. I, if anything, I was around the flyers a lot which i back the flyers sure. um you know just being around them we're not really we have the the you're mo- from scranton right yeah it's so like, it's kind of not right near anything you're kind of close to everything but far from everything. yeah most people in our area we have like the minor league penguins uh, oh, yeah. right yeah. next to where we live but uh you know growing up just being around more so flyer stuff than penguin stuff so that that's always been like uh the team that was I wouldn't I wouldn't say raised on but come to like but when it came time to just like reintroduce myself into the sport and pick a team I just really liked Steven Stamkos because yeah. he was a young, young great super talent but Tampa is such an underrated underdog team yeah. and I wanted, I was like fuck man like I want to I want to back a team that has so much great potential like at that time they had Marty St. Louis and yeah. Vinny the Cavalier and like just great players but they were getting shit on and nobody cared about everyone everyone's always like oh team from Florida fuck that I just I was like that's the team I want to back so yeah that's how that's how I uh, yeah I know I remember like they when they won the cup uh, what year did they win the cup the first time uh, 2004 yeah when they won the cup I remember the next year I think the opening game wasn't even sold out you know like yeah. which is just I mean that that's that tells you about their fan base you know and, yeah. and how hard it is in you know Florida to you know, but I, I like I back the team too, and and Bishop's been like a monster, yep. you know, in the crease. So that's that's interesting though uh, that you talk about um about sports and and kind of how you have this journey because I'll I'll agree with you, man. Like for me, when I was uh, ten, eleven years old, I started collecting baseball cards, and you know, for me, like I'm from Toronto, so. Uh, the Blue Jays, they won the World Series in 92 and 93. Yep. So I was 11 and 12 years old, respectively. So that's like, for me, that's like all I cared about was sports. I'm sure it was probably a massive moment then for Then I your, heard Metallica. <laughs> and I was like, I heard the song One, you know, like, and I was like, yep. what is that? I have to do that. My sister's like, I think it's guitar. I'm like, get a guitar. You know, so that's what happened with me. And it's true. Like, I got into music, I got to punk rock and hardcore. And, and then I ended up exactly the same as you sitting on a tour bus one day being like I love baseball yeah why am I not watching baseball you, I love baseball and it's funny how 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 that kind of is a thing I think we just like we got so interested in the music that we just like like previous things we just forget about the stuff before that and once the music world became the job that it was for or is for us you settle down and start to pick back up on things that you really did like before that you know it's not this is this does consume our lives but at the same time you get to a point where it's so constant that you need other stuff to to really go back to and be interested in well i'm sure too like there was a point in your career early on chris where you know you you got signed where we we were covering silverstein songs (laughs) yeah that that existed oh yeah which we ones? Uh, uh, smashing to pieces and giving nice. up. Damn. Yeah, way, way early, earlier on. You're reaching for your phone like you have a recording of it. No, 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 no. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I'm, tr- I'm trying to. Uh, I have people from. I'm I, sorry. Go I ahead. would. No, no, it's fine. I would love. I would love to. Um, I would love to have witnessed that. That's that's funny. I didn't know that. I'm flattered. Yeah. VF, but, VFW clubs were stoked. Damn. <laughs> damn dude, Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's rad. I'm. Uh, I'm beside myself. Um, but but the thing is, what I was saying, Chris, is like. You get to a point where you're a local band, you know, and you, you're just trying to make it, you know, you're just trying to get your name out there, you know, um, and then all of a sudden you get a little bit of hope, like that you get, you know, I read a little bit about you guys, like you guys had a manager, you know, that got involved and then you go around a label and you're putting out an EP and then all of a sudden 
your life gets taken over by music and you just have your you basically just put your head down and you have the blinders on and all you focus on is music and that's probably when a lot of the other things that are sort of your you know some somewhat casual like I'm sure like I mean I probably haven't landed a kickflip since like Silverstein got going you know <laughs> um, I'm not very good at skateboarding but you know I just like something like that like skateboarding I was like oh I'm just it's, I just, just stopped doing it I mm-hmm. love skateboarding I just stopped doing it because yeah. I was so immersed in music so I mean I think that that's the the reason. But 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 talk to me about when you got when you transitioned from X Games type of shit into music and how did you get involved with like playing music? I mean I I I would definitely have been I've I've spoken about this seeds being planted early in my life. Uh, my grandfather was like a big country fan, always playing music. My uncle, the one the one that we talked about, uh, who liked the Stars and Red Wings earlier, he was, you know, my grandfather's son. So both of them were always musical and always like playing guitar around me whenever my grandparents were a huge part of my life when yeah. I was growing up. And so it's always around my grandfather, always acoustic guitar, playing country songs. And he always tried to get me to to play. I wanted like no, I had no interest in it. I was just like video games, video games, sports, sports. Didn't care about playing music. And finally, like years later, uh, I have an uncle that also plays a different uncle that plays guitar on my on my dad's side. And he was just like, "Hey, sit down and try this." Just randomly one day, I was at his house, and uh, he taught me that like Johnny Be Good riff. And I just started playing it. I don't, I don't know what happened, man. It just clicked, and I was just like, oh, I, I want to learn more. So I started learning anything I could just to try to teach myself or have him help, and it just, like, lit a fire inside. I, that, I know it's not this big, crazy, grandiose story, but it was just I really do feel like I've been around it, and it was never an interest, but yet was ingrained in, in my development as a kid from my grandfather and my, my uncle, and then when a different uncle put the guitar in my hand, it just, like, finally sprouted, and boom, became what later became my life, you know? So you started off as a guitar player. Yep. yep. Did you have... When you started, you know, in your bedroom, playing all these songs, um, did you envision yourself singing as well? No. I, in fact, I personally don't see myself as a singer now. I see myself <laughs> as a decent front man, but, you know, I, I, I still, you know, I could definitely be a lot better at singing. I just go up <laughs> there and try to be as good as possible and do my thing and, uh, I ended up only singing out of be- out of because we didn't have another singer, and we really needed somebody to like sing the, the songs we were covering. Or when we were writing stuff, we we were trying to write original music, and there was no singer. Yeah. So I was just like, well, I'll I'll sing. So I started playing guitar and singing to like hide behind that because I wasn't a, a front man. I was yeah. like the I was yeah. the you know I just wanted to be like Green Day or Blink One Eighty Two to just play the guitar and, and sing instead of just be the front man but uh no i never saw that and then it just happened out of necessity pretty much it's so funny because that is on this on the lead singer center podcast i talked to lead singers this is like the for, the 40th guy i've talked to i would say most people have the same story really it blows my mind That's every time awesome. P- you know people being like and, and you know what same with me man like i was, I was say, a guitar player you? i was a guitar player and i was literally the only guy in the room that could even carry a tune so i got stuck with it and like at some point, you know, like because that was you know I was in like a punk band before I played guitar and sang, and at some point I ended up in a band Silverstein, which I wasn't playing guitar. And how did that happen with you? How did you remove the guitar and now you're just? I mean, we were de- we were very early on. Uh, you know, I was into the things that I was into, the, all the music like you know AFI and and the bands bands that we mentioned earlier. But a lot of the other guys in the band were. I was also into bands like Under Oath and Silverstein and a, a pretty wide range of stuff. So we all just kind of got together and and jammed out just covers of all the bands that we liked. And uh, when it came time to write originals, it kind of got more in, in the direction where it was stuff kind of more like AFI or uh, the influence from the other guys wanting to do like under oath type of stuff. It went in there and eventually over time and over time, it just got more riffier and more riffier to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't play and sing anymore. Oh yeah. So we were like, okay, well maybe we should get another guitar player and I'll just sing. And I didn't want to, but it was just to play the music that we were naturally going towards like as we progressed it just made the right it made sense and i just was like all right well fine i'll just sing and i 
I, I liked at that point we were performing live and I was singing playing guitar and I liked singing I liked being the front man sort of, sort of. so I was like alright I'll, I'll try it I think I could do this and it ended up being clearly the, the best move that I've made in my life to just let go of the guitar but you know it, it, at least it gave me such a great understanding as to how music works and uh, me and our guitar player Ricky write all of our all, all of our music. Yeah, so you're together, still so. a writer. You still like when you when you guys have band practice or you're writing. You still probably have a guitar around you. Yeah, you're yeah. Still, it's it's. I'm very heavily present in that world. So it's the same as me. Yeah. yeah. Even though I don't get to play live, we do, we do get to be a great addition to the creation of the music based on the, still what we want to do with the band, and we have a good understanding of how the music is going to work because we're the vocalist now too. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. an amazing thing though how how I think like uh, even myself being you know in this doing this so long like you know being in a touring band for 12 13 years i'm still surprised how many like lead singers are you know guitar players or drummers or whatever like i think a lot of fans that come out to shows they see a guy up there and they're just like oh he's just kind of the guy running around screaming like he's more like the hype man than the brains behind the music you know everyone always just assumes uh it's the guitar players that are writing it and they're kind of the the masterminds or in our case the fact that we both sing and scream so many people think that we're two different people they're like oh the yeah. screamer from that band and the singer from that band they think they think that shit too and it's just like well you just don't know what, what I, <clears throat> yeah I'm, I don't know if you've gotten that well, too f- well for me I mean well because I mean I'm not gonna toot my own horn or say I fucking invented anything but I was one of the more original yeah people that did both yeah because back in those days um, there was almost always like if you think of like Alexa on Fire which I know yep. your email address is uh, that's so Alexa on Fire song but um, which one is it? Uh, 44 caliber love letter <laughs> I, I kept, straight from my heart yeah right I kept that shit from back in the back in the MySpace <laughs> days because I refused to let go of it that's funny really funny um that's really funny yeah we, we played with Alexa on Fire in a fucking barn in Uxbridge Ontario once God. so going way back but um but no, like, like you know, bands like that, they had, like, Dallas Green, you know, singing these, you know, s- these vocals, and then George running around screaming, like, and, like, Static Lullaby was like that, and, I mean, Under Oath was two people, yep. and there weren't a lot of bands that were the same guy, and I honestly think that was what made Silverstein, like, in some people's opinion, like, special at the time, because yeah, people were like, holy, cool. holy shit, it's the same guy, like... You know, and and you guys now it's like fuck Jeremy from a day to remember just crushes me. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's like plenty of guys that that have that have you know done yeah. it and surpassed. But it's true, like there weren't a lot at the time. I think you and Buddy are the only two I could think of. Yeah, Buddy too. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I'm sure there was a few others, but yeah, I, I love that. You know, I, I I saw you guys both on tour together. I was like, this is sick. Just two only singer screamers. I remember bands. that tour very well. Like yeah. 04 It was I a long say. time ago. <laughs> very long time ago that's that's no man that's but that's that's cool yeah like it just always blows my mind on this podcast how many people like say eh, i'm not really a lead singer like no i'm just a guitar just, player and i just sort of fell into this i so. just go up there and hope it works man like i i don't i i've never claimed to even be a singer i just do it because that's what happened so hopefully people aren't like this motherfucker thinks he's a singer like no i i don't at all yeah i well. just try that's right. I mean, yeah. it's all that's all we can do is, yeah. is try and hope it hope it works out. Uh, so you guys have a new record you're working on yes. right now. Yeah. Are you trying to write on the road, or is, it, is the record already done? Or what a great question. Uh, all the stuff that is set up over next to you, my little podcast mic and shit. Uh, I've been trying to write all the vocal stuff on the tour. That's just my. I just record looking. into oh, that yeah. microphone. Just oh, it's easiest cute. thing. It's a very cute. Mic. Um, yeah, we all the music's recorded and tracked, and now I'm just trying to finish up the vocals. So after the tour's over, I just go in and and uh, record it all. And so record's the record done. is the record is written. You just have to record it. That is cool. Yeah, well, lyrically not so much, yeah. but uh, the, all the music's recorded and all good. So yeah, great, great. Yeah. And um, I know you have a label change. Yes. I know uh, you did. I guess you've done three records with Fearless, yes. and now you're moving on from them. And it's Roadrunner Records, is that correct. correct? Yep. So how did that um, change come about, and I guess why? Um, well, I mean, we, we signed a, a deal for three records with Fearless mm-hmm. early on, and you know we were we were open to whoever for for the next cycle or you know whenever we're, whenever our contract was up with Fearless, we were just like, okay, well, we know what it is that we're hoping for. 
the major concern with us was we wanted to find a label, whether it was, it could have been Fearless. We definitely did not write them off like, oh God, we can't wait to get away from them. It was like whoever comes along that wants to, to work with us and work with what we, what we're expecting from a label at this point of our career. And, you know, the first and foremost thing like we, like we do with everything is we want to work with people that understand the band, that get the band and are passionate about the band rather than just signing us because we're you know cash flow to them you sold this many fucking records exactly. on the last one and they think you'll do it again exactly yeah like we didn't we we would have like if if you let's say something as awesome as like a major like universal came our way or was offering us all this money versus fearless again being like listen we really understand the band now we really yeah. think that we i would much rather go with fearless because i want to work with people that aren't just going to treat the band like some fucking dollar sign yeah and and throw money at us to try to get us to give everything that we have to them so roadrunner kind of came about and they were the the label it was them and uh i have to say shout out to brett from epitaph uh both of oh, those crazy. both of those labels were very very uh straightforward and in, in showing interest in us yeah and it was one of the hardest decisions we've ever had to make because i i back everything that brett does and i think epitaph is an insanely strong great label i love yeah. i love roadrunner you know we we just did, we did make the decision that it was time to move on from fearless and just try some try a new path for the band and uh roadrunner just seemed to be the ones that really uh put forth the best uh offer so to speak and what we were looking for you know they have a really great international presence which is something that sure. we we Absolutely, feel like man. we have not really even scratched the surface internationally and or barely and uh we really like roadrunners uh presence there so that was a big thing um and just the fact that we we got to know the guys over time and uh i really love all the people that work there and they've been really cool to wanting to just be uh, not control what we do. They were just, we like you for what you're doing, and yep. that's why we want to sign you. And that was like, yes, like, right, yeah, yeah. Because you always hear about the horror stories of, you know, I don't know if Roadrunner's a major label. I guess they, I can get the kind of are. Yeah, like, it, it's an know, interesting gray area. But yeah, yeah like I, they're they're, I guess they're an indie label, kind of, but they're basically all major label owned yeah, or. Yeah and distributed for sure yes I mean Fearless is everyone's distributed by a major label but like so it's a, it is a weird gray area but you do my fear if I was you would be like the last thing I want to do is I record these songs I rate these songs and I give it to them and they say you gotta change this that is like the number one scary scary thing about like major like you talk about an indie versus a major oh yeah and like for our band, we've never had... We've ne- we don't even send our labels, like, fucking demos. Like, this is the record, here you go, put yep. it out, and that's it. And that's the way our band would always operate. So if we had to operate in a different way where we're working back and forth with the label, that would be really, really hard for me. It's stressful. For I mean, Fearless was all was really cool with that. They would... Even even with our first record, they were just you could see that they were stressed out and like, well, what's going to happen? This is their first record. And I was just like, just wait. I'll, I'll deliver the record and trust me and I did and I think that was a great great thing that they were allowed they allowed us to just do what we wanted to do for all three records and yeah. uh, that was amazing it was such a weight off of our back to to not have anybody breathing down our neck about like well, what's 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 happening in the studio uh, with Roadrunner we are definitely a little bit more hands on but fortunately they're not trying to squeeze like squeeze out the creativity I mean with Roadrunner they uh they even did something I, I was I was blown away with with that they were cool doing this. I chose that I wanted to release a heavier song for Warp Tour, uh, off the new record or just a new song in general. And I thought, okay, well Roadrunner's gonna want the bigger single, like the more radio esque type of track, not not a song that's just like super fast and super heavy and a little bit more of a throwback track to like the older metal yeah. roots of the band. And uh they were they i proposed my idea and they were like yeah sounds great i was like that's it like you guys understand and get the the point i'm trying to make like it's a great track to release for warp tour it's it's the band's 10 year anniversary we really want to commemorate that this year since the the record's not going to come out till 2017 like i really want to put this song out this year yeah and they they were totally on board with it and i was like this is such a great start to what i hope is a is a great relationship with them and that's it like solidified uh proving that we went with you know with right. the great label so yeah sorry to talk so to you far, I'm, so I'm just good. going sorry 
What do you mean? This is a podcast. <laughs> the whole point is that you talk right. and that you talk a lot and we talk for a long period of time so that no detail falls by the wayside, right? right? This is yeah. why people listen. I've literally had had people complain that podcasts were too short. I was like, really? dude, it's an hour and 10 minutes. How is it too short? You know? Um, yeah, like, it's funny because that's the whole point is like you go off and you, you talk and you tell stories that you never told before because you have time to do it. So... That's awesome. Um, I'm so glad to hear that that Roadrunner is is being cool, and um, hopefully, like this time next year, you still feel that way. Yeah, because you know how labels can be. You know. Um, so when is? Do you know when the record's coming out? Uh, we're shooting. I, I got burned by saying that we're shooting for another time. Uh, we we were supposed to put it out this fall, but because of all these inner like all the new transitions between the label and just yeah. scheduling didn't work out the exact way that we wanted it to, so we ended up. Uh, Pushing it till hopefully January of, of yep. uh, twenty seventeen. I really don't see it's a good why. Time to put it a record. Yeah, just be, start the year off the right way. Finish this year off on the last, like on the transition cycle between our last record and and the new one, and do it do whatever we're gonna do for the rest of the year. So. The other thing now is like vinyl takes so long to press that it's like it's it, like four months now. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Like because vinyl, you know, is selling more than than ever, which is you know. Which is pretty good. So you have a new song out. Um, so basically, you put it out for Warp Tour. Yes. So you're playing it on the tour. Yep. Um, I gotta ask you, um, being on Warp Tour, which we're jumping jumping around a little bit, but being on Warp Tour in the heat every day, you know, you guys are kind of known for your image, um, which is important to your fans, important to you guys. Yes. Way to express yourself. I totally get it. But it's got to be a fucking drag <laughs> when it's. Phoenix, oh, and yeah. you got like, and you're like, really? I have to put on this makeup, and I have to wear whatever I'm wearing, and get up there. Like, aren't there days that you're just like, please, just give me board shorts and a Tampa Bay Lightning <laughs> just tank give, top, just please, paint, paint it on me, so I don't have to wear a shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are definitely days, man, where we wake, where we wake up, and like, fortunately, like we're, you're on first. You oh know? my, yeah. Oh my, that those are the days where it's just like you're a slug, just, just trying to get to stage that when it's that early uh we we just accepted that you know this is the path that we that we chose to to take and we want to continue to stay true to that and not we don't want to be one of those bands that looks one way in photos and shows up and is wearing something completely different on stage like we really try to to make sure that everything about our band is has a a continuity to it and and we just do what we feel we are and I feel like anything, any answer I can give to that does sound like, yeah, we get it, dude. You're, you're, you're staying true to what you are. Like, we really, we really do. Like, we don't want to, we really don't want to let down fans by going out there and showing that, like, oh, well, they don't, they, oh, it's, it's Warped Horse, so they don't care anymore. Or, oh, yeah. I really like this band because they, you know, they look a certain way, but they showed up and they're wearing, you're just super dressed down and they, they just look like shit. Like, that's just not who we are. We try to really put our heart into everything and, had this been t- 2012 or 2014 uh, where you were interviewing or where we were doing this, the podcast, there were some moments on that tour, man, where it got, it was rough. Like we woke up and uh, putting makeup on every day was just like, by the end of the tour, we were just like, I can't wait for this tour to be over. Yeah. This tour, it's totally different. We're just, we're so in it now that it's not even a thought. Like there are the days where you're just like, fuck, I, I just, I'm going to put sunglasses on. But I still put at some point some makeup on, and I only mm-hmm. wear my sunglasses because I, I like looking at the crowd. And there's days where the sun is it is in your face, like blinding you. So I'll I'll still wear makeup under that just to just to fucking do it. Just be like, yeah, I still still did it. And I showed up and I I fulfilled like my passion for 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 completing what it what we are every yeah, day. So. that's a good way to put it. You, yeah. you, that's a very good answer, and it makes sense. Um, now I'm not like obviously like fuck. I was talking to um, to Ashley Costello about this. It's like, there's literally times when I'll be like at a fucking bar and I like look at my phone and be like, oh shit, I have to be on in ten minutes, and I just go like with whatever whatever I'm wearing, and yeah. you know that's just the way I've always done it. And, and like for for Silverstein, we, we've never the only thing we ever talked about in terms of like a wardrobe or an image or anything was when we first started, we weren't allowed to wear shirts of the band grade because we thought we sounded too much like them and we didn't want people to say we ripped them off. Ah. 
So that was the only conversation we ever had. Like, I remember we we our one guitar player when we played our first show was like, so uh, like, what are you guys like wearing? And we're like, uh, I don't know. And he's like, okay. And that was it. <laughs> and that, like, that's it. So, Good talk, guys. So my question to you is like, you start a band, you're doing it, you have an idea of like what your sound is because you're playing it, like and everyone's hearing the sound and it's like, okay, it's heavy or it's punk rock or whatever. So that doesn't even really need to be talked about, but like the in terms of an of an, of an image or all that stuff, like for you guys, how did that start and how did that progress? And like and, and how much of that on an ongoing basis is that like affect you know what your relationship with each other is and like everything like how how much of that is kind of the percent of the band focus you uh you brought up earlier about this is like the time to really talk about shit that you don't really get to talk about with other people yeah this is a a very interesting question because i i can't remember a time where i've really gone super in-depth answering this question and i have a lot of personal aggression towards it Oh Which really? Is, yeah. So maybe we can. Maybe you're going to get some stuff that I've never said before. In yeah. the sense that me complaining about stuff regarding my own band, which is rare. I mean, um, sure. Let's I mean, let's just say for anyone listening to this, if you go to Google and you search "motionless and white," you'll find a photo that I wish was banished from all existence, where I'm in all black. I look like Davy Havoc, and everyone around me looks like they're in under oath. Every yeah. single one of the other guys in the band look like they're in under oath, and I, I've always. You know, I, I definitely not all the time uh, look like that, but yeah, you know, we were younger and we were figuring out who are. At that point, we were like early twenties, or or some of us were like seventeen, eighteen years old. So we were still very much like anyone in the in the world, figuring out who we were and what we what we were going to end up falling into for the remainder of our of our lives. And people still, even thirties and forties, are still figuring themselves out and uh, change. Not not everybody, but clearly who you are can can change at any moment so I, I don't I don't look back on those moments and think like uh we were what's the what's the term I'm looking for like posers in, in any sense of like I, I I that's those are the bands I loved I loved AFI Misfits 18 Visions etc so I as soon as I heard those bands and discovered what that was, or even back to to Good Charlotte, those guys wore makeup and all black yeah, and everything. Sure. You not exactly the same style of music as the other bands, but I loved the bands like that. Those are the ones I always gravitated towards. Right. Uh, I was always super into stuff like I was born in October, so I've always been super partial to like creepier shit and like Halloween and everything. So I think as soon as I saw bands that represented that type of like look and, and aesthetic, that's what I gravitated towards. Yep. The other guys, uh, you know, back in the days where that photo was taken and even, even some photos prior, uh, I just, I hated it. I want, I was just like, this is fucking like, I was just mad about it because I felt like we, we weren't, we didn't look like a professional band. We just looked like, Two different, two different bands combining to be one. Right, like you, you wanted to look like a team, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, we tried to not really focus on like, well, it's about the music, and we're all together, and we're doing this stuff together, and that's what really matters the most. So I didn't really care so much about the image, and if I, I felt like had I put more time in focusing on that, then I would have been a true poser by caring right. more about the image of the band than the music. So I didn't care. I was just like, you know what, piss me off. Because I looked one way, we just didn't look like the same band. Yeah. But all the guys in the band were on board with the music, and that's what I cared about the most. But then over so. time, obviously, there's been a shift where yes. I, either you said something, or they just sort of wised up to it. Yeah, or we, someone else said something, or there was a conversation, which is, it, I guess, what I'm asking. Exactly. There, there was. It kind of just slowly progressed, and the evolution of of the music that the band uh, was taking. I feel like one by one, like our, the 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 only other person that really got on board with it uh, early on was our drummer Angelo, our original drummer Angelo, um, and he he's just came around like one by one, everyone came around to it. I'm the oldest, I was the oldest of all of them, so you chalk it up to the fact that I was just in a different part of my life, and they were, and they were finally coming around. I, I don't know what it was, yeah, but. At one point, one by one, each one of them started kind of coming on board and understanding that 
they they liked all the same bands that I liked as well, but they just didn't look like that. And I wasn't pushing to say like you have to look like this. They just kind of did, and yeah. uh, they it's not like they didn't like it. Also, they just didn't look like it at the time, and finally, it just it just got realized that we wanted to look like a professional band and look like. I shouldn't say like a professional band, like a hat. Like I, ha- I know, you know what you're saying. Yeah, though. yeah. You know what, yeah. I'm, you know what I'm getting. You wanted at. to look like a put together like act. I totally get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it's always been a weird thing to touch on because we've never been about the image, and I think that those photos can prove that. That I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't like yo motherfuckers. Like we're all black. You know, put makeup on. I, I just it wasn't like that. Um, it just happened and I'm very happy that it, let's just say I'm very very happy that it did and then one by one members from back then in that photo I think there's only two guys that are in that photo I'm referring to that are in the band now so a lot of the new guys that we got there was no transition like that they were already like that they already liked the same bands and already right. looked like that and they were interested in playing for our band so it was it, that transition had happened back in the day and now anything that happens in the future or right now is is kind of just been Everybody's unanimously on board with that sure. one one aesthetic. No, the the band that I remember best, kind of being that band, in in like I guess in you know our scene was was Aiden. Yeah, you yep. know, yep. Um, they were a bit you know like maybe our best friends like ever, and you know Will, who I had on my podcast, we should, that's a good episode. People should let's go back and listen to that one. I'm sure it's uh, he's got he, a, he's, quite a bit to say. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, um, but yeah, like basically that was like what it was with, with them where they kind of started off and it was, you know, if you see the early photos of them, they kind of just look like a normal band and then slowly, like it's the same members too, but they're a little, their clothes a little more black, a little more makeup until like the last where it's like really shocking. So yeah, I just, I always kind of wondered how that, how that happened. And I think you're right in that the, the more natural that progression is, the better, because that's a that's you're right about that being a focus on the music, yes, not yeah. on the image. Because any band that starts with an image is doomed. Yeah, I, I think if that's that's, if that's the, the advice fo- you should give to kids. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> when they like, ask you, hey, uh, yeah, we we have a very strong image in our band, but don't care about that. No, it, it's <laughs> it is what it is. I I loved all those bands that that the other guys in the band in our band looked like. Like I loved Under Oath and I I loved Good Charlotte and yeah. fucking Blink One Eighty Two and I love that New Found Glory is on this tour. I, like I loved all all that different stuff, but the look that I just went for was the one that I that that grabbed me the most, and that was like the the whatever you want to call it, the, the goth look or whatever, yeah. you know and. uh or like even ancient visions always just they were always wearing makeup but like fancy clothes and like fashion core yeah, dude exactly so I was just uh, talking to Keith for me to earlier today about fashion core and that was like yep. a big thing yeah that that you know was yeah that that was a big change in hardcore when that happened rest in peace ancient visions <laughs> yeah man uh, what a band yeah it's funny I wonder that what you James Hart's doing right now I don't know but hopefully it's thinking about good looking motherfucker yeah right I think he just I feel like he just got married or something I saw on the internet but congratulations to him (laughs) yeah well dude I I'm out of questions for you I think but what else um, what else do you have to talk talk to me about we can talk hockey if you want uh, other sports Um, what else is going on in your life what's the what's what's new well, we could talk. We could talk more about you. I mean, maybe no, no, no. maybe you don't talk about you as much in these in these things, and people. No, hear I talk more. about myself way too oh, much. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Every time, like you say something, I'm like, but my band too. We did. <laughs> so let's talk about looking back on past material and how we feel about those things because that's stuff that we never that I don't really ever get asked about. Do you? That's a good. I'm going to interview great... you. How do you feel about? earlier Silverstein stuff like when Broken uh, is that like a record that you look back on and think do you realize that some of those songs are like monumental songs in the development of what happened in the Warp Tour scene for bands that sing and scream no like, I don't I don't think about that no okay. I'm proud of all our records and I look back on all our records with a lot of love and fondness they they absolutely like are a snapshot of a lot of different periods of my life where different things were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the thing about putting a record out every two years, and we're like clockwork since 2003. So you have this sort of progression of life, but also these snapshots with each record. So I like all of our records, and every record's special to me. 
but in terms of like, a song being like a monumental like you, maybe you, you're talking about like smashing to pieces or giving up being yeah. like songs that your band covered which is really funny no I don't think about it like that I don't I don't think about those songs being that whether they are or not I guess they are in some ways but this reminds me of a conversation I had with Ryan the guitar player for Poison the Well and we were talking about I was like dude you realize that you ruined <laughs> you ruined metalcore he's like what I was like, yeah, like, opposite of December, that, that record, man, like, the shitty ripoffs of that record. He's like, no, no, man, you fucking ruined Screamo. That's what happened, because everything after after your band, you know, turned, turned the genre upside down. So it's funny how when you're immersed in it, you know, you, you don't, don't really you don't realize. Know. But with your with your records, um, your first record, do you hate it? We, we look back on those and... It's interesting because we like to look back and appreciate the history of the band, but the earlier like EPs and stuff, or I should say our first EP or like yeah. our first demo and stuff, we it's weird because it's not it's not necessarily the same band. We're in a position where we've been a band for ten years and we're proud of that. So within that ten years, we have to appreciate those EPs and stuff that we did back in in those days. But it doesn't even necessarily seem like the same band anymore because at that point it was a much different lineup. It was yeah. a much different mentality as a band. Like it, it really is just the name that stuck. So yeah. th- that's why I asked because you know you guys now compared to what you were then uh, being a band for that long. Like, how, did you feel? That's why I was asking. Like, did you feel like it was kind of a different band at no, one point? No, I don't feel like it was a different band at all. It was because it's the four out of five of the same members. Um, I don't feel any different Chris like cool. I, I I'm older and I'm like I guess I know more shit and I've gone through more and I'm a lot more confident as a songwriter as a singer yeah. a lot more confident when we made our first record we didn't know anything about the music industry anything yeah. like no idea um you know, you know so so like that that's the thing but I, no I don't I don't feel different in terms of like it being a different band I just feel like that was the start so yeah that is interesting because because you guys like your first full length was like 2010 yeah Yep. So for you guys to be a band, like you had like a four or five year period where you didn't even put out a record. Yeah, we, we that's that's what I mean. Like that that first record is when I feel like the band necessarily started what it it still is today. I mean, it's evolved from that point. But when I look back to our record, Creatures, although <laughs> there's some things about it that I'm like, oh my god, why did I write that? But you mean like I, like lyrically or vocally? Yeah, or? lyrically, just different things that are on there. I'm just like, oh my. God, why? But I feel like that's at least that's motionless and white. Yeah. The the prior stuff to that, I look back and and that's before everything kind of turned into what it is now. So I'm stuck in this weird gray area where I like I said, we we just wrote a song to celebrate the ten years of the band and those those are a part of the ten years. Right. But that part that earlier part also feels so distant from what we are now. I struggle with that. Like, I don't know how to feel about that stuff. So that's why. Well, I think it's okay. I mean, every band is different. Like, like I was was just talking to Keith and he, he kind of said like, you know, we're the only every time I die. Oh yeah. That is very true. And you are the only motionless and white, like whatever you do is what you do. There's no predetermined path that you have to take or, or anything. So you took the path you took, and your early stuff is your early stuff, and maybe it's maybe it's not as good. Maybe you know, and some people might think it's better. It's it's just it is what it is. Um, but I have to ask you: when you were doing these ten-year anniversary shows, were you playing that early stuff? Uh, we haven't actually done. Oh, you're doing. Them? We're, we're going to try to do some actually at the end of this year. Uh, is that announced yet? No, 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 no. Oh, cool. Hey, I got the exclusive. Yeah, we're trying to do <laughs> some like end of end of this year celebrate like ten year anniversary. Yep. Uh, even if it's just East Coast stuff, just to do some shows to yeah. end. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's only you can only have one ten year anniversary. We want to end the year off doing shows that celebrate that. Sure, and uh, then of course you have. Um, the new record which will be coming out next year so yeah. it makes sense before the new record comes out yeah. to kind of celebrate it yep. and then move on to the next chapter the, there will the next be decade of motionless and white exactly there will be uh, old songs played at those shows if they go down so, good uh, well i mean yeah. that's the thing it's almost kind of bullshit if you're gonna do a 10-year anniversary tour and then not even celebrate the first four or five years of the band yeah it's right? it's always you been weird I, I yeah i i would feel I, I don't know if we'd go back back 
but there would be some, yeah. at, you know, at least from the first, we'd probably touch on stuff that we were proud of back in the day. Like we have, a, we have a song called, oh my God, we have a song called "Destroying Everything" uh, that was on our our like EP that we put out with Tragic Hero Records. So there'd be songs like that, or like the song called "Ghost in the Mirror." So maybe, maybe something earlier than that. Yep. But that's why, you know, it really just depends on what happens. I don't know if we're going to be able to pull off a whole. 10 year anniversary tour it sounds unlikely with what i know we have before that before yep. the end of this year but even if even if it's just one show we're gonna we're gonna bring something back from from back yeah i think yeah. that's i think that's uh i think that's awesome yeah we'll see it sounds like you guys have a lot of great stuff coming up um good luck on recording the new record good luck with roadrunner and Thank you. uh we're almost done warp tour so <laughs> last week almost done last you ready week. to go home Honestly, this this warp tour has been so awesome that I could do another couple weeks wow. and not be upset about it. Yeah, wow. I, I've had so much fun on this tour. I don't know if it's just there have been show, some shows where people are just fried at the end of the night, but I've even had fun at at, at those shows. Like we played in St. Louis, and you could tell the crowd was just hammered by the heat. Yeah, and I, I didn't care. I wasn't like, well, the show sucks. People always a bad one. Yeah, no, it, 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 I could. I felt bad because it was hot that day. But yeah. the, but the crowd stuck around, and even shows like that where everyone's just drained was still super fun. And I I, I don't know, man. I'm just really enjoying it. You should start know. a petition. Just a joke. It would be funny though. Put up uh, in catering. Put up a poster petition to extend Warp Tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably have like a fake meeting, and then and then it would be people would die laughing. I'll receive death threats. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Two more weeks, Kevin. Come on, you can book something, right? Last minute. Let's do all of Canada too. <laughs> well, it's good for you guys. You guys can go all the way home. Yeah. You know, there we we'll go. you got to drive anyways, yep. right? Yep. So, well, perfect. Well, hey, Chris, again, thanks for doing this. Uh, so good to talk to you, and nice to meet you. It's been great, Shane. Yeah. Thank you. We'll for, see you I, I, If you told me when I was uh, seeing you guys in the early 2000s that we'd be talking right now doing this I'd be like on the back yeah, of right. your fucking tour yeah, bus it's yeah pretty, it's pretty awesome so you'd be like thank what you. we have a bus this is amazing <laughs> where what yeah thank you <laughs> thanks again buddy so I swear my friend Matt Steele said they went to high school together but I must have just completely misunderstood so sorry Matt I didn't mean to embarrass you you're still my dude uh, hey thanks for listening to this one uh, I really enjoyed it thank you again to Chris for being on the show. Next week, we will be back with another episode, and this one is a doozy. I was going to put it out this week, but I'm giving it one more week, and oh man, this is kind of my dream episode. So please make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the one next week. Thank you so much for listening once again. As you know, if you've listened to this before, we always play music at the end of my podcast, so here is a brand new Motionless and White song they were playing on Warp Tour. It's about Scranton, where they're from. It's called 570. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love.